Hello, I'm Craig Thielen, and this is the 1% Better Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Thayer Faust. Thayer is a transformational life coach and founder of Vast Possibilities. Thayer has a long history also in the corporate world, both from a business and technology standpoint, and she's been a client of ours uh, several times um, in different organizations. So, Thayer, welcome to 1% Better. Thanks. I'm excited to be participating in this podcast with you and Troy Sento. I really appreciate the invitation. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, we talk a lot about a lot of different topics, but in our business, being management consultants, we talk a lot about business improvement and how companies organize better, prioritize better, use technology better, you know, all these kinds of things that we talk about in the corporate world is a very common topic. But today it's going to be very different. In some ways, a much more personal, much more serious. A set of topics, but I still think it's very relevant to this notion of 1% better as humans and how we can really look at personal and professional development. And so I want to jump into that just right out of the gates because we only have, you know, usually 35 minutes or so together. And I think it's a very mm-hmm. impactful topic. So you decided to really shift your life focus a number of years back from the traditional you know, career on one side and family to just really a different focus in life around giving back and helping others. And I'm going to like just describe that story, that journey of what sort of led up to that and then why you made that life choice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had a 25 plus year career in IT corporate America. And during the COVID pandemic, my life took a drastic turn. And I experienced a very traumatic event that left me to taking what I call a self-prescribed soul medical um, to focus on my own mental health and reassess my goals. I always knew that my next chapter when it came up that it was going to be something to serve my community and, you know, make the world better kind of thing. But it was during that downtime, I'll call it, that self-prescribed sabbatical where I looked inward in terms of what do I really want and what do I want to give? And I can share a little bit more about that story and that journey. You know, you see nearly three years ago, August of 2020, I received a phone call that no one ever wants to get. I was driving down the interstate I-94. I was headed to a lunch appointment with some work colleagues that I had just hired and call came on my cell phone. And that caller ID indicated that it was from the city where my son was going to school. So of course I answered the call and it was a police officer calling to inform me that my son had died by suicide earlier that morning. And I needed to come and identify him and make arrangements with the funeral home, et cetera. And I, I mean, I just, I panicked, I cried, I screamed. Um, and the police officer is like, where are you exactly? I'm like, I'm driving down the freeway. <laughs> so he, he calmed me down and got me off the freeway into a safe spot. And, and we talked about it, but it was the worst call of my life. And, and how I got through those first days, hours, I mean, I, I really can't tell you. I mean, you just kind of get through them. And I I actually returned to work um, after three weeks or so of bereavement. I want to tell a little bit of it contextually to share this part of the story. Because when I came back, my employer at that time expected that I would what they called be better. I put that in quotes, you know, like, right. are you going to be better? And I mean, I guess I was better. I mean, I was best I could be under the circumstances. But um, those words were really not good messages to hear. Oh. And um, then a couple of months later, um, we parted ways. I mean, in light of my family tragedy, they described it and and that, you know, business wasn't going as well. Um, we, we should just part ways. And it, it just it was hard. 
And hi, um, the, the pandemic gave me an opportunity to hibernate without having to, you know, ask answer questions or deal with much. I mean, I could do it without anybody knowing. And so I, um, during that time, I, it wasn't easy. And I walked away from it. And I just really needed that time to heal and nurture my soul. And, and in that, I've always been an advocate for mental health, but this turn of events made me prioritize that to the top. And so it was therefore with a lot of intention, thoughtful intention, I decided to launch this vast possibilities. It will be a life coaching business where I can focus up and on helping others improve their own mental and emotional health. You know, I've, I found for me anyways, my own best healing happens when I help others. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided to do that so I can help others be the best versions of themselves. I mean, I've been on both sides of pain and growth, and I would like to help my clients achieve that then too. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I, As a parent, I, I can't imagine, I don't think any parent can ever imagine getting a call like that. So I'm very sorry um, for you. And, um, you know, I, I'm also, two things come to mind. One is just how you know, grateful and sort of inspired I am that you, you're able to take something that's so tragic and, and, and find some goodness that, you know, turn it into how you can help others. I think that's very inspiring. And then, you know, and then I go, well, how, how do I even respond to you? And my question is, did you, do you find that being a common occurrence where people don't know what to say and they don't know, should I feel sorry for you or should I encourage you? Or, you know, is that sort of like one of the things that like we need more education because how do you even talk to someone who's gone through such a tragedy? Yeah. I mean, Craig, there are really no words, you know, and I tell people there are no words and you, you can't solve it for somebody in, in for them. Each of us grieve differently and we heal differently but it's be there for them be present get on their level and just knowing that people cared was such a big deal but you know as part of this new role with a mental health advocacy too i look at it as we need to normalize the conversation about mm -hmm. mental health mm -hmm. you know the cdc reported recently that nine out of ten americans believe that we are in a mental health crisis we came out of the pandemic, it was tough. And I don't think we realized the full ramifications of all that. But we need to be able to talk about it and and have conversations about it. It's and let people know it's okay to not be okay. I tell people like if you fell off the curb, and you, you know, twisted your leg and you know, and sprained your ankle or whatever, and you needed a cast, would you go get it fixed? Or if you chipped a tooth, would you go to the dentist? Of course you would, right? And it's the same with our mental health. And we need to let people know that it's okay to go for services for that. It's okay to ask for help. It's, it's you know, so oftentimes there's a misnomer that asking for help is a sign of weakness. It is actually not. It's a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. I mean, it feels to me like over the past five years, even there's talking about mental health before that, you, we hardly even did it. Like it was, it was not a mainstream conversation. It was sort of a hidden thing. Oh, someone's depressed or someone, oh, you need medication. But it seems like a lot of progress has been made in the last five years that it is absolutely talked about um, a lot more today, mental health and 
Um, so I'm curious, like, what's your perspective? I mean, you're really deep into this topic and the statistics and like, you know, living through it and then trying to help others through it. Have we made meaningful progress? And like, what do we need to continue to do? Is it keep talking about? Is it more education? But what's your perspective on on that? Yeah, I got this story from a, a training that I went to. And I I like to use it to give perspective on where people's head are around mental health and depression. Okay, mm-hmm. so in your mind's eye, I want you to go to a place where there's a lot of people at a conference where you're in a presentation room or at you know church on Sunday, whatever it is, where there's a lot of people and imagine everybody in the room counting off by fives. And then you say all the one threes and fives stand up. So you got that visual picture? See how many people are standing up. That's the number of people that believe that depression is a weakness. Still today. Still today, right? It's startling that people still today feel that way. And I mean, you're right. I mean, years ago, I think generationally, we mom was the word. We didn't talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, my own father died by suicide when I was quite, quite young. Mm -hmm. And we never, ever, 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 ever. I mean, it was just... (laughs) not talked about. But today, I think we are talking about and I think younger people are talking about it more. I think, you know, one of the great things that I've had the opportunity to do is to go into classrooms and share my story with them. And, you know, share with them, it's okay to not be okay. And, and I, I have this presentation I put together. Um, I, you know, the first part's my story. The second part is facts and figures, myths and truths around suicide and depression, because the numbers are startling. I mean, I can share some of those. And then, you know, the third part of it is about what can we do to help ourselves and help others. And so we just have to keep talking about it mm-hmm. and make it okay to talk about it. And I, you know, some people might be uncomfortable with my sharing. I know there's people in my own family that are uncomfortable with my sharing. But I believe that, you know, in sharing our stories, it gives people permission to share their stories. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is, again, go, you, you went through something very very difficult to say the least like when did you there's a there's a whole roller coaster of emotions i'm sure like um when did at what point did you go you know what i'm gonna do something about this i am gonna do that you know it's not easy to share not easy for anyone to share their quote-unquote weaknesses or it's an instagram world right it's a facebook world where everything's amazing you always take these great pictures and only when you're on vacation and when you're with friends and that's the world you mentioned kids i think kids they kind of live in two different worlds they live in this perfect world where everyone's having this amazing time and everyone's perfect but they also live in a world that they do talk about like hey they're therapy like they talk about therapy like it's well everyone should go to therapy and that's normal like when I was a kid I didn't even know what therapy was like I like physical therapy and so they they have you know lots of access to things good good and bad but when did you know this was just something I I have to do and then talk a little bit and I do want to get into the facts and figures and myths I think that's going to be really interesting and then talk a little bit about what you're doing with this um you know your your company vast 
possibilities and how you're going to do good with it and, and how that works. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the catalytic event for me. I mean, I'd been thinking like about doing coaching at different points in, in my career, like as part of my next chapter and things like that. And I thought maybe I would do more business coaching, executive coaching or something like that. But it was actually when I was in a classroom and I was talking to some kids about this. And after I was there, you know, the teacher had sent me a note saying, hey, some of the kids made you a card and want to send it to right and i was like okay here's my address and i came home one day to like three huge thick envelopes and i opened them up on my back porch after i had been all sweaty up from working in the yard and i i opened them up and i started reading them and i was just bawling I mean, I was just crying my eyeballs out and to hear these kids play back things that I had shared with them and to have them share my story, you know, or to share their own stories, excuse me, right? It was like, they felt like they were heard, right? That they had somebody, you know, and I'm like, this is now a calling. I mean, I felt like I, 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 I need to get off the couch and take action, right? I mean, I wasn't ready for it early on. I mean, up. Uh, to be frank, I mean, I went to therapy after my son passed away. And I remember in my last session with my therapist, I was telling her like, hey, I'm thinking about doing and at the time, it was going to be more professional coaching. And I'm like, I'm trying to think about how to name my business, you know, and we were talking about it. And, and I knew I wanted vast. I mean, not many people will know, but it really is the initials of my kid's name and my own, you know, V-A-S-T. Cool. Yep. Also, I mean, vast means big and broad and wide. That's personal. It's yeah. not just a, a cool name. It's a, it's very personal. Yeah. And and I said I was thinking opportunities, but that's not it. You know, we were just brainstorming for a minute, and then she said possibilities, and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, that's it because. All things are possible. You right. just to put some energy around it. And so that's kind of how I came up with the name. And I've got a lot of life experiences that give me some cred. And I, you know, I've ex I have a master's in ed psych that gives me some cred. You know, we all need to sharpen our saw. So I, you know, embarked on a journey to also get certified and then see if there's particular certifications around mental health as well. And I, I took some thoughtfulness around what do I want to be in this? And I thought, you know, is it counselor therapist? Is it consultant? Is it coach? And you know, I, I want to differentiate between the three of them, right? right. I mean, yep. a, a, a counselor um, therapist is more about looking at your past and and helping you work through your past. Yeah, a lot of it goes back to childhood, right? Right. And then and two, they can diagnose and they can prescribe medications, etc. But they're looking the past and then consultant is more an expert, right? So that's like really studied about it and do research around it. And I'm like, that's, that's not me either. But coach is all about, you don't have to be the expert, right? And it's all about asking the tough questions and helping someone ask the questions that they're afraid to ask themselves or, and help them navigate around that, right? And it's very future oriented. Mm -hmm. And and so that's why um, I came to this vast possibilities. My area of focus, I haven't nailed it yet, but I certainly feel called to serve those who have experienced grief or loss. And that grief can come through, you know, the loss of a loved one. It can be a loss of a job. It can be a mental health, I mean, not a mental health, I was going to say, like just even a health scare of any sort, right? 
Um, it could be a job loss. So helping people look forward from those experiences and, and navigate to a better possibility. So I'm curious, and you're, you know, obviously your, your cred is you've lived it, and that's as big of a credential as anything, because there's a lot of things, life experiences, that until you live it, you just can't understand it, right? Um, you know, like drug addiction, or there's a, a number of different things. So I'm curious, though, you mentioned you looked at certifications. I know there's lots of, you know, coaching certifications around life coaching, but is did you find that there's um, some good ones in the mental health space? Yeah, there are some out there in the mental health space. And before I can really nail those, I do need to get just the basic coaching certification, right? Okay. And and there's different programs out there. There's one that I'm looking at that is really kind of cool. I don't know if it scheduling wise, you know, fit my time frame. But what I really liked about it is it there's a lot of focus around rigorous speaking and listening skills, right? And hearing and saying things to help disarm a relationship and get people to open up and talk, right? And then there's a second part of it where you go through your own personal transformation, Mm -hmm. Right. You, you're going to experience your own breakthroughs while you're going through this training. Um, and then there's another part of it where it just produces what you hope to get out of it. You know, do you do you want to get the certification? Do you want to have the hours in that can move you to becoming certified and things like that? Because it's a pretty unregulated industry out there, but there are credits that you can get. Um, so good. Yeah, there's a movement toward it um more and more and i you know i think it's like anybody can do well having a coach it's right it's, it's a sounding board right it's somebody maybe that's not as close to you that you don't feel you know pressured to say certain things or not say certain things right um so yeah well let me let's get into the the actual reality of what's happening in the world and i'll, I'll give you a few stats here that i was able to pull I'd love to get through to feedback some 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 myths or kind of what you're seeing because I know you're steeped in in this. Yeah. But um, the ones that I pulled that I just thought were astounding. So one in five U.S. adults will experience a mental health condition every year. That's 20% of our population every year. Uh, more than 50% will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. That's astounding. Mm -hmm. Half of us at some point not only are you going to experience it, but be diagnosed. One in 25 Americans lives with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar, or major depression, very serious disorders. And the one that also blew my mind, one in four teens have thoughts about suicide. So again, just when you really think about that's it, you put yourself in a room like you described, half of the room is experiencing these issues, and we don't know about it. And so what, give me, give me your perspective and, and maybe some of the myths that we, we know or don't know. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, we have to remember there's no single cause for a mental illness. So there's a number of factors that contribute to it. It can be, you know, some adverse childhood experiences where they experience, maybe there's a history of abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. Um, they may have witnessed violence. And in fact, you know, there's an astounding figure um, about youth and, and guns. Maybe I'll share that, you know, in a bit, but could be experiences that have been ongoing. So and, and chronic, right? It could be a, a medical condition that has got them to press because they they don't see what the possibilities are in terms of recovery, right? 
It could be biological. I mean, we could just be born with it. We could have inherited something and, you know, not know it. And there's certainly then the influence of alcohol and drugs. Um, and just think of coming out of the pandemic and the feelings of isolation and loneliness that we really didn't get to socialize in ways that we were used to normally, <laughs> right? So all of those things can cause mental illness. There, you know, I mean, there's nothing that you can pinpoint down and say, if we've solved that, we've got it nailed. There are just so many factors that come into play. Some of the numbers that I share specifically in my story, because it's personal and I, I talk about for suicide, it used to be um, the number two reason for use. I mean, the first would be, you know, accidents and things like that. And then mm -hmm. suicide would be the second one for use. And now really, it's been bummed down to third, but yet the numbers are high. In fact, they're growing, right? But the number two problem is gun violence. And it just kind of, you know, knocked me off the feet. So, you know, there's just so much going on out there related to that. Um, Why do you, you think know? it's growing because I think the numbers do show that at every age level, especially kids, that it is growing the last couple of decades. And why? What do you think is causing that? God, I wish I had the answer for that. Right? I mean, I I think there's just so many factors that contribute. I think you know, social media and like the space that people put on, like my life is perfect, and then I kind of try to measure myself to that right? We're comparing more, you know, and we're being, you know, our lives are not necessarily our own. People can very, in a very public way, share things true or not true, you know, that it's hard to recover from. I mean, there's just so many factors that would be hard to kind of nail any one of them. There's lots of theories out there, but one, one that I hear often is technology and we're all glued and addicted to our phones and again we're kind of in this instagram world where everyone's perfect and it just makes you feel like well if i'm not that person you know the kardashians or name anyone or even your friends then i'm less than them and you compare yourself to others and there's actually a, a physical connection in the way that these applications with likes and and mm -hmm. all these it creates dopamine which is the same right drug that's releasing your brain when you do things like you know alcohol or drugs or something it, it's a it's a stimulant and so there's a lot you know that that's how these things are designed is to give and so it puts people on a road from it right and yeah but um, now and you get a certain level of high i mean think yeah. of it though you're getting more high off of technology than spending time and nature <laughs> exactly and it's yeah right. so you get that instant feedback so but then you say well okay that that makes sense i think we can all see that by that in fact we all even as adults kind of get addicted to our phones sometimes but think about where things are going with ai and think about like the metaverse like that is a that's a hundred times more artificial more powerful more like you're literally in another reality not even like looking at your phone but you can still see the window you can still see you're you're completely immersed and how is that i mean you would think that's even going to make this go even worse because people are going to be disconnected altogether with humans and the earth and plants and flowers and animals and whatnot yeah i mean if i was just walking i had to go to the store for something a couple weeks ago and i walked into a mall and it was like a morgue mm. Right. And I remember like when we were younger, that was a place we would go to hang out and we would socialize and we would be with people, you know, and now what do people say? Oh, I'll look it up. I'll buy it off Amazon. 
right? People aren't interacting with people and humans by nature need connections. You need connections. And this meta metaverse and um, this altered reality and things like that, you know, I mean, we need to get outside. Our kids need to jump in mud puddles and, right. and get some and, germs on us. Right. Get some germs and play. We, we need to figure out how to entertain ourselves. One thing I heard is that in Japan, um, sometimes our, our healthcare system doesn't help us because for every malady you have, it's either a prescription drug or it's some sort of procedure, right? There's rarely do we sort of go to root cause, but we say, well, how do we mask it? But in Japan, they actually will prescribe, uh, doctors will prescribe time in nature for many sort of diagnosis. And I thought that's that's incredible, right? Because it's a, it's a fact, I mean, it's proven through studies that as soon as you go into nature, all of your vitals get better and your blood pressure and your stress. And it's because it's what we've been doing for millions of years versus, you know, we haven't been living in cities uh, with Wi-Fi blasting in our brains, you know, for very long. It's a new thing. So I thought that's really incredibly like, I dumb. love it. Like, why love wouldn't it. you do that? Uh, but let me get to a couple of topics that I want to give people some really practical from your expertise and your experience. Mm -hmm. Let's say again, the stats are just overwhelming. Like yeah. if we put ourselves in any room, there's going to be, you know, half of the room is going to be experiencing some sort of issue or problem. We all have senses as humans. We sense something's off. We sense something's, you know, wrong, whether it's with our children or whether it's with a friend or coworker, what advice would you give? Let's start with parents. Um, mm -hmm. With you know something's not right with your kids, whether you quote unquote they seem depressed or something's off. How how do you how would you advice would you give them to how to address those things? Yeah, first of all, you gotta let them know you care about them, you love them, right? You, they they need to know that you really care about them, love them, and and you know reassure them around that and let them know that help is available. And if they're not comfortable getting that help from you, but there's others places to go to get treatment and to get help. And it's important to go just as, just as, as it is important to go for those physical ailments, it's important to get that help if you have mental health issues. And, you know, ask questions, you know, listen, be responsive, be present, you know, take advantage of those car rides when they can't walk away from you and leave the room, right? Have some tough conversations and, and make it okay to talk about that tough stuff and make it okay to, and let them know too, by, by demonstrating it yourself, you need to prioritize self-care, right? And then for anybody, I believe strongly in having a support network, right? And and build up that group of people that are important to you. I have a tribe of gal pals, I tell you, where we check in on each other nearly daily. You know, and one of the most recent shares from the group that I um, posted on a mirror says it best. You know, the best kind of friendships are fierce lady friendships where you believe in each other, you defend each other, and you think the other deserves the whole world. Right. I mean, we just have to let people know we care and yes. we're there for them. Just talk, I mean, it, talk about it. it. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Just yeah. kids aren't going to want to talk about their problems or issues, but just just talk, just give them opportunities, let them know you love them. Right. Don't ignore it. Yeah. And we just, we need to, you know, as I said before, normalize the conversation. Right. We need uh, to increase awareness. We need to reduce the stigma and isolation about depression. Right. Um, and I believe in sharing my my story will save a life. You know, I've got 
um, an entrepreneur that I've been working, uh, not working with, but I've got to know while I've been networking in this space. And he launched a project, Roll the Dice, where he wants to get this project game into every household. And it's kind of to motivate action and try things and share experiences. And he, he goes, I want to get it into every household of America. Yeah. And I'm like, rock on, you know, you go. And, you know, he's like, so there, what are your goals? And I'm like, I'm going to save one life. Yeah, well, that's you know, a, that's an amazing goal. I mean, think about it. Right, and so I mean, I I just think we have to we have to care about people, right? And one of my new mantras is "world where you can be anything, be kind." Yeah. Right. There's just so much judgment out in the world, and so much labeling and point finger pointing. I mean, the the whole world is very polarized and just divisive right now. And you know, if you just think about it, the simple matter of just being kind and yeah let's apply that to um the the corporate world um because a lot of people a lot of our listeners are leaders Mm -hmm. business technology leaders what is the corporate world on this topic of mental health i know we all have it as part of our healthcare programs now but what are we getting right in the corporate world in with regards to mental health and then what can we do better you know you're leading a team you're a decision maker in a company what can we do better yeah i mean yeah do I believe things are being done? Yes. You know, but can more be done? You know, absolutely. And, and just as we have to do continuous improvement mm-hmm. in, in our business world, we have to do continuous improvement in terms of, you know, how we serve in this area. So, you know, some things that I, I think about um, just to kind of level up and support our employees um, psychological well-being is, you know, we could offer mental health first aid training to employees right? Um, It's an evidence-based program that teaches people how to identify, understand, and respond to signs of mental health issues and substance use challenges, right? So I think we could do that. And, you know, that's, it doesn't take a lot of commitment to do that. I mean, I, I know it's dollars and cents, but it, in the long run, it will save you bigger dollars, I believe, because you're not paying other expenses, (laughs) you know, if you're serving them. For sure. And we do all sorts of training today. We do, yeah. you know, discrimination training and we now do artificial intelligence training. Yeah. Why wouldn't we do mental health yeah. training? I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, and so some other ones, you know, too, and you kind of nailed it or you said something before, we're all attached, right? So we need to encourage our employees unplug simple things like take short breaks throughout the day i mean so much of us are working on a computer all the time right let's step away unplug from that you know we need to create cultures that encourage people to use their pto some people have it as a badge of honor i haven't taken a vacation in five years you know go me i'm like no that's bad right Right. i mean So, you know, provide company-wide mental health days, maybe separate vacation days from paid sick leave, Um, you know, I don't know. And, you know, other things I think about, like, we almost are working around the clock because we are attached to our devices. There's so much we can do on our phones, right, that, you know, off the clock, lead by example as a leader or supervisor, you know, don't send off our emails to your team, you know, because then they they have to respond. I mean, do a delay send, you know, but just don't do that, you know? So, so those are things, I mean, they, they're, I think fairly simple. 
um, you know, and when we listen to what our employees, you know, what they, their feedback, really, really listen to them and take their feedback into account, communicate with them. And you said it too. I mean, we need to continue to take that critical look at equity, diversity, and inclusion policies. You know, it's frightening that some organizations are stepping away from that. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound too good to me, but, you know, and we should, organizations should constantly be re-examining their health insurance policies so that they're focusing on mental health. I mean, they should, um, I just read something recently that um, there's a mental health parity and addiction equity act, Hmm. which requires health insurers to provide coverage for mental health, behavioral health, and substance use disorders that is comparable to physical health coverage. Interesting. yeah, so it's something, you know, that I think, you know, companies should be looking at. Well, that, that recognizes the enormity of it. If, you know, half the people are experiencing, you know, issues, it's it's more mm-hmm. and half people aren't probably experiencing physical ailments. So um, it's recognized in as a, as a real challenge. Well, we're, we, this time fl- flies by as always. And yeah. so we have the last question here for you, 1% better, which is um, just looking at, you know, your life and you can, you know, put it in the context of mental health or even, even broader. Um, what, what is your best piece of advice to, you know, the young version of you, you wish you knew when you were 18 or you're speaking to your grandkids or young people going, this is one thing I want to pass on, you know, words of wisdom, life lesson, what would it be? Oh my gosh. That's a really big question. Cause there really are so many things. So I'm, I'm probably not going to stick to one, but I would say, you know, first of all, spend time on your relationship with God. Faith is number one. And I know that in my time of grief, um, that relationship was challenged. I was like asking why me, right? right, right. <laughs> it's not fair. Right. But, um, that is all important. Um, and then I think to, you know, to uh, aligning with that improve the 1% improvement is thinking about it happens by just taking it the first step. I mean, I remember some days I was so overwhelmed and everything. And, uh, you know, I don't have to climb the whole stairwell, I just need to take the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, take some level of action, right? I, you know, I would also say we need to prioritize self care, put ourselves first, we need to slow down, we need to savor the little things. And, you know, as I said before, I'll leave this one too, is make friends a priority. It's important to surround yourself with people that lift you up. I recently attended a a seminar or something about, you know, how to make your retirement the best it can be. And, and it was a lot of stuff, like what we're talking about right here, right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. as we get older, we're more isolated, our Mm -hmm. friends are passing away, you know, things like that. But, you know, a big thing that it says is you, you, you need to keep and make friends throughout your whole life. And so, you know, surround yourself with people that lift you up. And I'll say it's okay to walk away from those that don't, you know, yeah. so really, we should lean into those relationships, because it's really um, attention is the most basic form of love. Yeah, well, that's all great advice. Um, so thank you again, there for sharing your story. And one thing I'm positive 100 percent positive of is that if you keep sharing your story and keep doing what you're doing you're going to save a lot more than one life you're going to impact and save a lot of lives so so thank you yeah thanks for the opportunity to be part of this initiative i love it i'll keep listening to it all right thank you thank you 
Thanks for listening to the 1% Better Podcast. We hope you found it insightful and useful for your improvement journey. As always, you can access podcast transcripts and links to reference material at tricentialcom forward podcast. If you would like to be a guest on 1% Better, you can do it on the same site. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please like, share, or rate our podcast. Until the next episode, here's to getting 1% better every day. Thank you.